0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the new Sean Salisbury show with myself, Adam Sager, and he is Sean Salisbury, of course, former USC and NFL quarterback. We're going to get into his school, finally joining a real conference here soon, at least in a couple of years. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk about the Sean Watson. We can talk about that, too. And what what are your thoughts on this NIL Craziness that we're seeing with all these kids, especially the quarterbacks. Man, wouldn't you have liked to been a quarterback now? Yeah, damn Sigs.
1: Yeah, Sigs. It's great to be on with you. First off, and it's been too long. You look great, brother, and I'm 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 glad for this, and I'm glad we're teaming up. um, back at it together. And this is going to be awesome because we're going to be doing this all fall for NFL and college. And we will on a national scope. And you know, there it, it And we'll do as many show takes the content out, which may mean I have to do about 50 of them a day, yeah, because yeah. there's going to be a lot of yeah. stuff to talk about. And I, uh, you know what, for me, Segs, this, uh, I, I would have loved it. And this is not a pat on the back, but you start to think you know, the money's relative. Cause back then if a dollar, if a three bucks was, is worth, what it is now or what have you the truth is unfortunately being in the like the number one recruit in the country in right that position in, in football that an sc you know sc being in the middle of la with all that that should be the name image and like this king right with all the with all the stuff they have access to at sc and when i was going to school there dang sags i'd have made more money the first five years of college than i did my first five years of the nfl i'm not kidding right you. I wouldn't, when would it coming out the way they're doing it now. And so I don't begrudge these kids. I think that there's going to be, a, I don't know if it's an end game, but it's a, there's gotta be some adjustments. We can't let it continue to spiral where some freshman in high school is making 12 million bucks and he commits. And then what happens if all of a sudden he decommits and they've already paid him the, you know what I'm saying? But where the, where it was meant to be, where the endorsements when they get there are actually endorsements, right? that, it's not the 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 trying to eliminate the, the so-called hand-to-hand cash but dude I would have friggin loved it because I made 82,500 as a rookie in the NFL and I guarantee you judging from recruiting and then and Del Rio and I went in together remember we, we might have made a bundle of so a couple a couple uh double endorsements together and team up on it it would have been a blast to make all that money but I'm glad for the kids man but at some point it's got to, we've got to shift the narrative a little bit. I would imagine. So the kids win, but college football doesn't go to hell in a handbasket, which over the last couple of years with the transfer portal, they've been scrambling around brother, but I would have loved it. it have been great.
0: Yeah. It's crazy to think that, you know, we see Arch Manning and we haven't heard any numbers based on him and what he's going to get at the university of Texas. And but we have heard that the kid going to Tennessee, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, I'm Malava or something along those lines, yep. he reports saying he's going to get $7.5 million over his college career. And then there's talks of Miami offering uh, the kid that just committed there, the quarterback, over 10. And there was reports saying that Florida was offering him almost twelve. I mean, it's crazy what these kids are getting. There's going to have to be some sort of regulation when it comes to this. And it's interesting because we're seeing certain schools, especially Miami, who is just blitzing the market with NIL deals everywhere to these kids. I I think I saw some, they've already have six or seven kids committed that they've guaranteed over a million dollars to.
1: I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And those aren't even going to be the best player at their position. Some of them are going to be the, fourth or fifth guy at his position now that's listen you think back when Miami SIGs, when they were going through their time you know and they were they, listen I'm not saying that they were doing anything wrong but when they had the best they had one of the best rosters college football's ever had right when they recruited yeah, sure. and, and from Alonzo Highsmith from the Jim Kellys and Bernie Cozars right on through to Ed Reed Ray I mean Michael Irvin they were loaded with great talent imagine what that group would have got paid with name image and likeness we were talking about, I'm thinking about myself and Del Rio when we played or guys at Notre Dame or when when Michael Irvin and Ray and those guys came out of Miami and Ed Reed, what name, image, and likeness. I'm sure they're all saying, man, even as a first-rounder, that would have been kind of cool to get paid all that money. But Miami is trying to corner that market. And I don't blame them. The rule says you can right? If the rule says you can and you've got somebody, I mean, at some point in time, the rule may say you can't. Or there may be, like you said, we're going to have to, put a governor on some of this and try to and do something to regulate it. But right now, if you're Miami, you're trying to keep up. You got this, this national with people changing conferences that I know we're going to get to and all the superpower talk and guys getting paid. Like you said, even if you're not the number one quarterback in the country, a million here, 5 million there, 7 million there. And even guys that are offering 12 million are losing out to somebody because he likes somewhere else. So it's not just going to be about the money, but it matters. It no longer does a kid go into a living room with their parents and and when a recruiter comes in, whether it's at Southern Cal and Lincoln-Riley or Miami or anywhere else, and in the top three questions that name, image, and likeness isn't addressed Where the for, money. For sure. You know, it used to be school and opportunity and what the major is and my parents coming and, visiting, coming and visiting. So we have gotten to a point now where it's great for the kids to get paid, but there will be some regulations. But yeah, Miami keeping up. I'm training a kid right now, Segs. So, you know, I've talked to you about him. He's the, 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 in, in Texas, I'm training a bunch of them, but this kid is a sophomore and he's going to, he's going to be faced with the same thing. And I, and I, I'm, you know, I only, whenever they ask me about it, I say, you do, but my my advice to him was you put together pros and cons and traits, the school you love, and you got to prioritize where name, image, and likeness coach system, where all that fits in. I said, you got time in the next two years, it'll go fast. And, you know, Say, if there's no regulations in the next two years, imagine what the money's going to be like. Then trying to keep up, if you see somebody, let's say A and M goes and they've been heavily involved in name image, yep. and like say they win the SEC, well everybody's going to say it's almost like the Rams, right? Rams say screw, it, we got to go get Stafford. Let's get rid of assets and bring these guys in to win. So if somebody goes and wins the national title, that's one of the name image and likeness champs. Whether it was Miami or Southern Cal or whether it's Texas or whether it's you know a situation like Texas A and M. Then other are going to follow suit, and somebody's going to jump in and say, "Well, let's we're, we're, let's let's upgrade the name, image, and likeness." And the smart kids, and I read where Caleb Williams has done this. When I say smart, that have prepared for this. Say, they're now talking about ownership. They're not yeah. getting the money for endorsement. They're getting equity and part of the ownership. I want five percent or two percent. They're building this for a big future. Like it's it's almost like like an endowment for themselves, an annuity, right? Where they're saying, "Okay, I'll do this," but I'd like some ownership in this. And I don't blame him. What a smart move at 16, putting a financial team together while you can and go out and get it. But with that, also pressure falls on the coaches' sakes. Think about it. Whether it's Harbaugh or Lincoln Riley, Steve Sarkeesian or Jimbo Fisher, the more guys you get and the more money you spend, the more pressure there's going to be from the front, the big donors, to not only play their kid that they're endorsing, but also to make sure that you're spending uh, that you're spending the money, but the, that if you're paying your coach 10, 12 million bucks a year says, don't you want a national title? If I'm paying that money as a booster, I expect returns on that investment, right? ROI. And we'll see if that comes to fruition, but this is, it's a, unlike any landscape and you're a, such a huge college football fan. This is unlike any landscape of football. It, it it's, it's not even recognizable and that's not a bad thing, but it isn't recognizable and it's only going to get more unrecognizable until we all settle in and the, the end game with, you know, new conferences and the rest of it, but it is a trip to watch.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing it does is it takes every year, we've seen the transfer transfer portal explode over the last couple of years. And that's just because they've made it so that you don't have to really sit out anymore. You can transfer right. whenever you want. And, and that's what it is, what it is now the NIL and all this money being thrown around, it changes things year to year. I mean, we could see, you know, Arch Manning, for example, it's not like he needs the money. His family's well off, obviously, but say after a year at Texas and Quinn Ewers yours is still there playing well, and it doesn't look like Arch is going to get on the field. He could say, he could go out and be like, you know, what? I'm going to test the portal. Who's going to bring me the most money or any kid could do that. Not just Arch Manning, but any kid He'd be like each year. Like, why wouldn't you do that as a quarterback or, you know, one of the best players on your team go out. Every year, as like soon agency, as the season yes. ends. Yeah, exactly. Just be like, you know what? I'm going to enter the portal, see what offers come in, see where the best team maybe come in, plus the money and playing time. It, it's the whole NIL thing I think is good. And in,
1: in, it's uh, good for the kid, but not great for college football. Yeah. Right. Like, and
0: same thing with the transfer portal. It's it's good for right. kids because they get the opportunity to move and go where maybe they can play. And they're, you know, if they're stuck behind a All-American and they think they should be playing they can move but it also it creates chaos and that's exactly what we're seeing in college sports is just pure
1: chaos yep segs and you make a great point and about that is and well listen the kid's been getting hosed for quite some time it's fine finally they get like a coach who can leave and go get paid more if he leaves in the middle of a contract as long as the buyout the kid could never do that well now they can. Now, it used to be if you wanted to transfer, you were either sitting out if you left outside the conference for a year. If you transferred inside the conference, when I played, it was two years. And now, and it was when you transferred, it was because why? Because you got beat out or beat somebody else out, and they transferred to go get an opportunity. Now, there's so many more things that come into play, and you're right. Oh, let's just say, for instance, Quinn, yours is a Heisman Trophy candidate this year with Sarkeesian. All right. let, let For the hell of it, Sigs. And, and, and he does what Bryce Young did last year or plays like C.J. Stroud, right? You benching him? No. Of course you're not benching no. him. So then you say, okay, with Arch as a freshman who comes from – I think his family's got a pretty good football IQ. Just he a knows little bit. Play, yeah. they'll, be, they'll be well prepared for yes. everything. But let's just say he says, you know, this isn't for me and leaves. Or let's say he says it is for me and then Sark goes to him and says, dude, listen. Why don't you redshirt? Because after next year, he's leaving anyway to go be the, because if he has that kind of year at his size, Quinn yours will be first pick of the draft type guy, right? So he goes and then you say, okay, so will will you be willing to have patience? That's another thing. And Sigs, did you ever think you were going to be at a time when these coaches have to recruit their current players all the time? You're not just recruiting the guy in high school now, or the junior college transfer, the guy in high school, or the guy who did transfer and is a you know a grad transfer because his career like Russ Wilson was, mm-hmm. or one of those guys, Gardner Minshew type, right? And leave and come back and Russ go somewhere else, have a good season, be a third round pick. But now you're you're to the point where you're saying, Okay, how do I massage this five star while this guy's my star? And if that guy plays well, do we redshirt him? And then that guy has to take into account, well, you know what? Nah, because that North Carolina or USC is open because Caleb Williams left. Let me go there and play now. Or is there patience to stick around? There are so many. And you now, when you had a sophomore that was a five-star Michigan six, he's there, you're done recruiting him. Yeah. You're a part of the team. Now it's like, dude, yeah, we went and got this five-star wide receiver, but you're still in our plans. We can play three or four of you at a time. You know what I mean? So you don't It no longer just recruit the high school kid. You've got to recruit your own players because if you Piss him off, and you see how it goes. takes it, it takes one false step by a coach or not giving him a, the player enough attention, and he's gone. And usually it could result in more money, a different opportunity. So, man, being a coach in college football while you get paid, dude, there, I don't know how you take a week off and without worrying that, oh my gosh, somebody talked him into leaving. You don't have to talk to a player into leaving. It's going to be crazy, but I sure as hell can't wait. <laughs> The college football season starting, it's upon us now. We're on the eve of yeah. it already. It's going to be awesome.
0: They've <laughs> always been important, but your assistant coaches are even so much more important now because they're the ones that are, must you know, taking care of these kids, they're the ones that are talking to these kids pretty much daily and, and massaging that, their
1: ego and kissing it, their ass. Exactly, right? yeah. facts. that's what you're yeah. doing.
0: Why, yeah. also, while they're out, like you said, on the recruiting trail, offering all these kids now money. While, right, you know, some of these kids are like, Well, how do I? You know that are already there that are a sophomore, or junior. Where's my money coming in? Well, you're guarantee this kid a million dollars. Well, you just offered me five thousand dollars for some stupid little commercial thing or whatever right. it is.
1: Thanks, Think about. It. Let's say you're the you're the number two receiver yeah. at Alabama, which is a first round draft right. right? But you're not getting the name, image, and likeness has gone to the eight other first rounders. that are going to have right. the next two years, or at Michigan or at SC, right? And all of a sudden, there's this five-star recruit from Texas who plays wide out. And you want him. And you know that he's going to come in and impact you. as a rest. So you know, and then all of a sudden, through like social media does, the second, the second wide receiver who'd be first on 40 other universities or 60 other universities, he's only getting a half a million dollars in name, image, and likeness because he you know, plays for the Heisman Trophy quarterback, and he's really, really good. And he's going to get paid at the next level, but – There's a 17 year old getting recruited that's got six million waiting on him (laughs) because that's just the way it works. And he's turned around saying, Hang on a second now. I'm the number two receiver on this team, which means I'm projected to be a a first round draft pick. And he's making five million more dollars than I am. And he hadn't played it down here yet. We got two choices now. We're going to upgrade this, or I already won a national title ring. So I got my, I got, you know, when they say I want to get mine and then get mine? Well, I got mine with the ring. It's like we've talked about in sports. Well, I got mine the ring first. Now I'm going to get mine, which is the bag. Mm-hmm. And so then he says, oh, no, no, no. Look at Pitt. Dude, he with a picket, the receiver at Pitt who went to SC. Addison. Jordan like, Addison. He, Addison, yeah. Phenomenal year. Blitnikoff award winner. I'm sure they'd have given him some, but SC steps right and says, well, look yeah. at this opportunity. dude. And You got the, possibly the number one quarterback in America over the next two years. Why don't you come get some of this love? And there you go. And maybe Addison got more. I don't know if it's the money, you know. I don't know. I'm not. We're not there. All we can do is speculate. But that's what's going to happen. It's going to create some animosity even among a 17 year. It's like in the pros. It is pros now. Mm-hmm. The rookie comes in. It used to be where they didn't have that rookie wage scale. Well, the rookie coming in and played it down, making more than the running back who's been a four straight Pro Bowls. You're like, get the hell out of here. Right. That's college football now. So what is that star going to do to milk? And massage the talent to make sure the left tackle's not pissed that you only bought him a pizza and he's keeping you upright and you're making 10 million a year or 10 million over the course of three years at your university. It's an interesting dynamic that's only going to get more interesting at schools like our SEGS with Michigan and Southern Cal, mm-hmm. big schools like that. Then the question is, how do the smaller schools keep up? And is it all relative that the guy who's a three-star recruit wasn't going to Alabama? So he ends up going to Missouri? So in his relative, he's getting 250 grand as opposed to, and then there's going to be some that you know this, Segs, Think about if the Ivy League wanted to jump in. Right, if They said, you know, we're going back old school days like the 40s. I'm going to jump in. I got the best education. We're going to offer the three smartest best football players in the country, five million each, because their endowment can fund the rest of the world for about 100 years yes. at those schools, right? So point is, is that, you know, it, it's relative to where you're going, but I, I'm. It's put It's going to give us so much fodder and banter to talk about because we haven't seen it capped out yet. Segs, not even close.
0: Right, but and I mean know
1: about the differences and the money. There's no doubt.
0: If there's one guy that wants to buy a national championship, because obviously he's got his school and he's got the money, is Phil Knight at Oregon. I mean, they're already one of the best programs in the country, year in year out, out there in the Pac-12. They could. They're possibly- they may just take
1: one of your guys, Segs. Yeah, Didn't they just take yep. the Michigan uh, Dante
0: Moore from straight right. there He's out of Detroit. Detroit, right?
1: Yeah, he, right. He
0: reports are saying he was offered right around 4 million. And, you know, Michigan is one of these schools, kind of like Nick Saban in Alabama. They're kind of I don't, I don't, they're kind of pushing off of this NIL thing, and they're trying to recruit the right way and the way they're saying it. And that sounds exactly like Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban. They don't think these kids should be getting money or at least this kind of money and they may start being left behind when it comes to recruiting some of these at least top echelon kids, and that's going to be the most fascinating thing over the next year or so. We'll see what happens with regulations, but, I mean, we could see Alabama maybe start to fall off a little bit, but also it's Nick Saban and it's Michigan, and they'll still get their recruits, but it may not be the top of the top because other teams like Miami or Tennessee or Georgia, they may just be offering more money.
1: And and say your your point too is uh, number one. You made a point about assistant coaches, and it's a not only valid but spectacular. About if you thought you had a good assistant that could recruit, you're going to have to have four star recruiters, right? That the head coach just can't keep up with it all. Yeah, like think Saban about their is, salaries Saban's where they're the going to Right? I mean, that's salaries exa-
0: for recruiters are five, six hundred k. Now we're talking millions for just those well, guys.
1: The, right? The coordinators are going to that are good recruiters are going to be pulling in eight years six years ago head coach money yep and say so, well kind of like brett venables was pulling his his money exactly and you start to get two three million bucks where it's like no nah, dude or, or Five. Two, you know whatever it is yeah that right to keep you around and then the so so and then then when your head coaching opportunity comes it'll be because you're getting 12 million from lsu or southern cal what have you and the other point about that segs is you mentioned you know the saban and jim harbaugh and some schools i'm not saying they will but they, 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 there can be a little old school. You got to have mm-hmm. a little old school in recruiting, but you also got you got to adjust. If you go to adjust in all in any sport, now you're getting left behind. Yeah. But there is that sense of probably with Jim and a little old school, and Nick, who's had so much save and so much success. Even Dabo, you've seen some of yep. his his you know pushback against this. Is that they get to a point where it's like, listen, dude, it's your pleasure to come play for us. It ain't the, you know what I mean? And what happens with some of these kids now, it's no longer. Cause like when I went to USC, I remember John, I told you this story. says so John Robinson has number one recruit in the country and John Robinson, his last visit with me before I made my decision, he says, and where he's getting ready to leave. And he goes, I'll just end with this. He's got his national championship ring and North Turner's there and Paul Hackett. And he says to me, and my parents are there. And my best high school friend was in the living room with me too. And he goes, Sean, we want you to come to SC. You're our number one choice, and we, we're we going to put you in an environment to be successful. And he goes, Well, he goes, You know, I don't make any promises. Because if he'd have promised me something, I, w- I probably wouldn't have went there. Because right. I, at that point in time, it was the guys who were promising you, you didn't trust very much, right? Because I knew how good SC and all the great players there. You don't need to promise. Let us come and compete. And I was, I, it's just kind of the way it was for my family. And then he said, But, and we're going to give you every opportunity to be great here and to perform on sunday's one day hopefully but he said but and i'm like what the hell's the but right I'm 17 at the time yeah. and he says but if you don't come to usc we are still going to show up on saturday and we're still going to win which like hit me between the eyes like damn they can win without me how dare them think they right can win without me well they can okay and but at 17 you don't think they can right it's like it's, if I don't go to USC, USC's got no chance for the next five years to succeed, which is which is ridiculous. But that's that's the mentality of that, you know, that they need you, right? Well, when he said that, he, a fine coach hugged and said, we'll talk to you, I'll look forward to it, can't wait till you're a Trojan, fight on. They left, and my old man looked at me and he said, I think you want to be a part of that. And we didn't make the decision there, but it hit me hard. So looking at it now, you may not get the same response now if you look at it right. and say – you don't show up on Saturday. We're going to still show up. We're still going to win and you don't need 5 million. We're paying you too. The kid may look at you sideways and say, really? Okay. You're <laughs> going to win without me and the four other dudes who just left to go get paid somewhere else. So it's a different world we're living in. And it's been created by all this money and it ain't going South anytime soon. That's for damn sure.
0: Right. So we're talking about all this chaos with the NIL. Now there's other chaos with, the shocking news of your school, USC and UCLA heading to the big 10 in two years in 2024. I mean, that just, that changes everything because the PAC 12 now becomes, I don't want to say obsolete or anything. There's still good schools out there, but you know, the big 10, the sec and the big 12 are looking at Oregon and Stanford and, and teams like that and saying, we'd like them to come to our conference as well. And they're going to start being plucked here soon. And so my first question to you is, what happens with your old schools conference? You know, the Pac-12, what do you think happens there? Are you thinking Big 12, Pac-12 Alliance? They kind of combine into a mega conference. Are you thinking they just try and pluck schools from anywhere and and see what happens? Or are, are you thinking two just major conferences, Big 10, SEC, and we just go?
1: I'm thinking two, but there's a third one trying to vie for three super, three powers, right? And I would think the big tw- – because the ACC, I got news for you. They ain't staying.
0: No. Carolina,
1: no. Clemson, Florida State, they'll be jumping in and more than likely SEC country. Yeah. So they're going to load up. The Pac-10, sakes, you can call it like it is. An obsolete may not be the right word, but the Pac-10, when I played in at the Pac-12 now, back to the Pac-10 for the second. Yeah. Listen, that very quarterback you just lost to Oregon is going to be playing against Michigan in Because <laughs> yeah. Oregon, he's going to like, oh, I'll be right. Don't worry, you'll see me. Yeah, yes, I may be on the other sideline, but you're going to see me because I believe Oregon and Washington more than likely are going to.
0: I think Stanford so, USC, will so will it's as it's well.
1: Stanford and Stanford, and you may get Utah. Now Utah mm-hmm. seems more like with the BYU Utah Big Twelve thing, but Colorado's Big Twelve, right? Arizona, Arizona State. And then so you start to think, Segs. and then what? Fresno State and is in, in the Pac-12. And I'm not right. dogging these schools, Segs. I'm not. But what's going to happen to the conference is it is no longer going to be – we're not going to have five power conferences. It's right. not the power five. It'll be the power three if we're lucky and fortunate that the schools like University of Houston and schools that have jumped to the Big 12 can also be strengthened by West Coast recruiting by getting the Arizona-Arizona State – Colorado, Buffaloes, and like a Utah right there. And then Michigan, I mean, Oregon and Washington. And if you, depending on where Utah goes with SC and UCLA, they've got the big 10. And then the others may be scrambling around, but you're going to get left out if you don't wait. And that's why they're not going to wait. That's why Phil Knight is on the phone calling people. And when you're calling, you're, you're, you're inquiring. You ain't staying. Right. Because the commissioner blew it in the Pac-12 when Larry Scott was financially not paying attention to him. Like then you got okay, what does Cal do and what does Washington State do? So the big dogs of Washington and Oregon, I think will be leaving. And then say it comes down to the two and with kind of like an asterisk about okay, what's Big Twelve? What are you gonna do with with you know, with Oklahoma leaving and in Texas? So I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt and say three power conferences with ACC and and Pac-Twelve kind of being the AAC say, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Like it was before the, you know, with Houston and Memphis and since you know, that that group of teams, right? Uh, Memphis, who else? Central Florida, right? Right, and yeah, yeah. I think they're all in the same conference. So Cincinnati, uh, good football, yeah. Cincinnati, hell, yeah, well we know Cincinnati played good mm-hmm. football. So I think that's what we're looking forward to, and I think it's going to happen. I don't know when, or ha- and, and take into account that. And I talked to Golick, Mike, and I did a podcast yesterday. And he doesn't know when, but the, the money is going to be so... Notre Dame's sitting in a catbird seat. That's the in, in team Sags that speaking, I was wait, just going to ask yeah, you about. Because they're sitting there, they're independent. They're never playing football full-time right. as an ACC competitor from Notre Dame. They're As a football, they're not. Sags, you think, you sit back, you're Notre Dame right now, NBC paying a certain amount, and then all of a sudden ESPN or Fox is going to jump in and pay a bundle, and you're going to split a billion dollars 16 ways or whatever as opposed to the 25 million or whatever that that NBC's paying, right? And you're Notre Dame, and you get to pick and choose. And I don't care what anybody says about well, the Big Ten's closed. If Notre Dame calls the Big Ten, the Big Ten's reopened. Make oh yeah, no mistake about it. The drawing <laughs> card you have to. So they're going to go at some point. I don't know when, Segs, but they are. We'll get to the emotion I felt with it. But yeah, Pac-12 will be. You you, you can't call it a power five because Oregon and Washington. There'll be going to be six more teams leaving. We just jumped to the forefront of it and got out in front of it. After the geography and the sentimental feeling, Segs, the truth of the matter is, it's better competition. You want Oregon State at ten o'clock Eastern on a Friday, on a Saturday night? No, no, they've beaten us before. I'm not disrespecting right. them. Or do you want to play? Here's your here's your month, and I'm just being you know depending on how they align yeah, it, right? Right, right. Here's your month. You get Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame, and. Um, Wisconsin. Yeah. Iowa. something In, in yeah. five straight weeks. You tell me. You, you, and if you're going to win a national title, they're going to have to add 16 teams because four teams held the fifth best team in the Big Ten is going to be national title worthy. Right. So that that that's happening. But yeah, Notre Dame's going. Southern Cal's going. The thing for my alma mater is we're still keeping our in-town rivalry. We just we will play a game there, but we just got to travel a lot to, to get to the Midwest on a, on a regular basis. But I'm sure the plane will be comfortable. And secondly, Sigs, we get Notre Dame rivalry. That won't go away. Even if we're in the same conference, we're still going to South Bend. They'll still come to the Coliseum. You got to get over the sentimental shit. You just do yep. to, to keep going, to make this thing happen. And here we are Sigs and it's going to be a hell of a run, but I'm okay with it. I got past the sentimental part. I did. I, I and then not only am I not okay, am I okay with it, but the money in the competition, tell me what do you want to do Segs? be at my house, drinking a beer, on the outdoor patio watching Michigan play Southern Cal. i know the you who's going to suffer the most, and Golick said this, is the Rose Bowl. Yes. The oh, yeah. facility, they're good, that, that's going to – I mean, you. They're, that's the granddaddy, right? But you and I sitting out on the patio having a beer on my back patio and smoking a cigar, you and I both know, we want to watch Michigan play SC on October 12th.
0: Exactly. You and I
1: both do, right? Exactly. And so uh, it, it had to happen, and it ain't done, and I can guarantee you that.
0: Yeah, and then you know, from the Big Ten standpoint, you look at it. Now you're bringing in. They they tried to bring in the New York market with Rutgers and Maryland and and move when they moved east, and and they yep. did somewhat. But now they pull in the L.A. market, which you know is huge. What second second biggest market in the Lunge country? Right now you're right. thinking you go up, you grab Stanford, and Oregon. That's you know San Francisco, Oakland, that area, the Bay Area. You bring and that you also television. Keep that in.
1: strong academic. Exactly. Like, like, yep. Like a Ivy League of the West Coast, where you get that—that that it doesn't just become a football. Co- I know Michigan's great. There's a lot yeah. of schools. Don't don't. You know what I'm saying? It just adds. And Notre Dame and and Stanford just add. Ooh, still tough to get into. This is different, right? Notre, right. There's a there's a there's an aura about the universities for different reasons, and it's a good thing. And Stanford football is pretty damn good. The they struggled the last couple of years, but we know we've had this conversation yeah. that they're, they're no longer just an academic school, but they bring great academic tradition right with them to the big 10 you You're exactly
0: yeah and when you're the big 10 you're looking at it as you're not just looking at at football and basketball i mean look at all the championships stanford's won over the years and usc and ucla you're bringing all that you know if they do get stanford i'm saying but at least with the two they got you're bringing all those other teams in as well and while yeah the travel it's going to cost a lot of money the money you're going to get just from the deals you get in terms of tv money and all that stuff from the two major sports is just gonna offset everything completely and make them so much money.
1: Thanks, you never go broke taking a profit. You and I exactly. have that conversation. And you rob Peter on one and oh, the geography, it's gonna cost a little bit more, but you're gonna pay Paul on the other, and it's gonna be a a whole lot of money. And it doesn't matter how big the endowments are for these schools and the big rich investors, it's just gonna they're gonna be more vested and more invested in wanting to be a part of a program that. Damn, dude, I, I I won't even be able to keep up with all the tailgating. I'm going to want to do it all the different facilities, right? Right. I mean, honestly, it just it's going to be. You're right. The money and the power and the the revenue, the name, image, and likeness to keep up, and that's going to heighten that because you're getting now your next door neighbor. Right. And it's just crazy, and you 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 hit it, man, with the. On the Stanfords and the, and the not only the money but the basketball and sags I think between USC UCLA and let's I, and while we're talking football but you're right about national titles and that that star power that goes with that hell I think Stanford you know that's I think it's still the Sears Trophy I think, yeah I believe so yeah, yeah. Were, of all the sports and academic whatever they combine they seem to win the damn thing a hundred times right yeah. but between USC Stanford and UCLA those are three I think of the top five national titles in sports in the country and i think usc and stanford still battling one two back and forth yeah. on a regular basis whether it's swimming and you know a, a water polo all those that come into track and field so you're bringing about saying, well, what are we bringing a couple hundred Fran- i mean At national least. championships with At them least, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I may be cheating everybody out of it so there's that we focus on football because that's where the that's the big money maker but Hoops is making some money. NC two A tournament bringing in money, and you're bringing three reputable schools. Whether it's the John Wooden background and Chip Kelly getting back to being noticeable, whether it's the SC history and football, and then Stanford, all of it. CEOs and presidents of schools and all. I mean, all the things yeah. they bring. And then there's the Oregon Phil Knight money. I mean, dude, there's a little bit of everything. So uh, I uh, I think it's good. It's a bummer for some, but I'm not. My feelings aren't hurt. They're going to better competition and more money. It's a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, we're going to see how these schools all react and how these conferences react. I'm just waiting to see how the ACC, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 respond. respond. I mean, Agreed. That, that's the whole thing. and And if some of these other schools like Oregon and Stanford, Kansas is another one that's been mentioned a lot to go to the Big Ten. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, I just thank goodness chaos. for <laughs> Yes, exactly, and that's why. I mean, you, you can't look past basketball. So that's Kansas right. at least has that. I mean, I mean, right. hey, though the SEC, they, you know, getting, they've
1: actually got they actually got a little bit a little more competitive football. mean yeah, they beat Texas. beat Texas. I mean, I mean a com- couple com- times, yes. right? Yes, they're competing oh. their ass off. So we give them a hard time. And one of the great college towns on the planet. My son mm. was there for a couple of years. I loved it, man. So it, there's going to be some rearranging to do in the next The chaos is just getting started. It's organized chaos because it's actually going to be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Segs, you're getting ready to go on vacation, my man. So let's get take about 45 seconds about Watson on the field. And what do you think is going to happen with this suspension? And man, by the time we meet again the next time, right, we we may have an an answer and we got so much to cover with Jimmy G and Mayfield and Brady coming back, all kinds of stuff with football and college football is getting ready a month away or so, a little more than a month away from kicking off. I can't wait. All right, Sigs. let me ask you this. Does Watson miss a full season? That's number one. And what, what does his impact there or not mean to the Cleveland Browns?
0: I, I think in terms of the suspension, should he get another or a year? Yes. I, I 100% agree. I think that it should be uh, a suspension for one year and then let's see, you know, he'll have to apply for reinstatement. Pending.
1: After, after. Uh, right. Yes. Leave it open-ended. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. Open-ended suspension, but at minimum a year is what I think should happen. What I think will happen and what we're hearing. I saw someone today in the nose speculate four to six games. I mean, that blows my, if that's the stance that this arbitrator, uh, Sue Williams or whatever her name is, I probably butchered that, uh, is going to say four to six games or six games. I mean, that's a travesty for what he did and and some of the details we've heard. So I think he should get a full season. I think it's going to settle somewhere in the eight to 10 range because the NFL can Roger Goodell can appeal this decision and then basically just decide himself. So I think, right. I think it'll fall in that 8-10. to 10. What does the Browns missing Deshaun Watson mean on the field? It means everything. It means the fact that if it is, say, 10 games, that's the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs because I don't think Jacoby Brissett can be that guy that comes in and wins you in a very tough division, by the way. Even, even with the Steelers having Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, they're still going to be a good team because they have a running game and they have one of the best defenses in the
1: league. And, and they, they will not the piss at you on defense. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. In, in
0: Cincinnati, we know what they are with Joe Burrow, who's only going to get better, and Jamar Chase, who's only going to get better. And then the Baltimore Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson's ready to. I think he's kind of pissed off. I think he's ready to go out <laughs> and show that he is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Did you see the picture of
1: him the other day? He's yoked. He's huge. Dude. And you see, when you put out his numbers and the disrespect of not being in like the general managers and executives, top 10, dude, you, his numbers, if you, let's say you take the name away from it, because when he came into the league, you know, these people all put him at slot. The guy's a quarterback. We know this 100%. and he's gotten better. Dude, he's a monster when he's going good. I, he's and Josh Allen's probably in it, but with their feet and their arm, he's like the, the ultimate weapon, right? I mean, he's, he's that hard to defend. But the district, he's averaging like 4,000 whatever yards and the 30-some, 30 35 or 40 times. The number with low interception, the, the, I mean, he didn't he threw some picks last year. But his numbers over the last, and, and averaging 12 wins a year or something, I'm talking about taking away when he didn't start early and the last six games last year, the games he started mm-hmm. in. His, his numbers, dude, they're top ten. They're, they're ridiculous. Easily. So, yes, I am with you that not only tough division, but that, that – if there's ever a guy that after this and he still wants that new contract that's going to be pissed right he's at the top of that list
0: but so yeah being in that division not having Deshaun Watson for 8 to 10 games that can mean the that can mean the playoffs and they were a team that were very close last year and i've never been one to to trust in Baker Mayfield and say Baker Mayfield's a franchise quarterback because i don't think he is right but Deshaun Watson is that guy he is the guy that could take that team and getting Amari Cooper, they could be a, I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're an AFC championship game contender right. with Deshaun Watson being there the entire season, but being suspended, which he's, like I said, he should be, it should be out for the entire year. And, you know, if he were to be suspended, what pisses me off most than anything is the Browns did him the favor of giving him the $1 million salary this year. That's all he'd lose. That's all he'd lose is $1 million.
1: And 230 hey, other million reasons. it is yeah. he's won. He's won at every step. I'm right. not saying it's a win doing what he did. I'm talking about he got traded when he wanted to. He didn't have to play here. He still got paid. He got 230 million without even touching the contract that he'd signed a big monster deal with the Texans. It gets a new one yeah. before he even set foot on playing the field. Thanks for me. I'll make this. Clear. It's above my pay grade when it comes to the legalities of it. Of I right. think both sides deserve all along to get heard. And I, I'm not sitting in that, I wouldn't want to be the person making the decision for, for this, but I can tell you that the optics and you know, the NFL, and I'm with you. I, I, I keep saying it, it's gotta be a year open-ended. We'll revisit you at the end to see wh- whether it's counseling or you, whatever it is that they've asked you to do, but I'm with you. I'm getting to the point where like, man, when I see all these insiders start to tell us people are close to the situation, start to say, not quite that. I'm like, can the NFL handle I've always said that if you had to make a decision that the less you give him, the more heat and smoke you're going to have to deal with because yes. of the, the people are going to come out and talk about we're not protecting women enough. And rightfully so, I'd get why they would think that. Yeah. So I think I'm with you. I think it should be longer and indefinite, but I'm not so sure with the with the vibe I'm getting that it's going to be. And it's crazy. And as far as on the field, says, we, he's a monster. dude. The guy's a yeah. great friggin player. He's one of the best in the league. He makes a difference. And when we visit next time, hopefully by the next after your great vacation, the name Jimmy G keeps popping up. What would that mean for a team like Cleveland? If, in fact, they do say, let's come here the one year, do it to us. I mean, I mean, you will know, give it to mm-hmm. us your best stuff and then you can go find a job another place and you can hold it over till Deshaun's ready. But that's going to be on hold until we find out, I'm sure, or any of it to what happens with Deshaun Watson. But well, when, he, when he's out there, they're, they're a threat every single week. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But I think you're going to get He'll get hit harsh, but maybe not as harsh as you and I think that uh, he probably should.
0: And when you think about it, the suspension last year, towards the end of the last season, they suspended Calvin Ridley for one season for betting on football, like fantasy football or whatever it was. I don't know
1: exactly. A couple what thousand he was doing. dollar bet, right? Yeah. Just it was a daily fantasy,
0: I think. Yeah. Right. And $2,300 or something like that. Yeah. I thought they it was like yeah, right around 2500 bucks.
1: Right. Indefinite. They're going to revisit that when it's over too. For a
0: league who is pushing out fantasy football and betting and all this stuff, and they're making so much money on all this with the sports books in each stadium. They suspended them for a year. This guy has supposedly, you know, he's been accused of doing all this stuff to what 26 women were up to now. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. We don't
1: know what happened, but listen, he has admitted that they had some relations, yes. right? I mean, that they've yeah. admitted, but he's contended that he's never done anything wrong the entire time. So, regardless where the truth lies, whether it's all with the women, all with him, or somewhere in the middle, it still is not okay if it's one or right. if it's 26. But, Sag, this, this decision the, is going to, scars aren't going away for any of them, right? Regardless, the scars are going to stick around. Money doesn't change scars, buddy. It does regardless, right? But it is going to be, there is going to be a lot of, if it's, there'll be some, if it's too short, are going to go crazy over it. And if it's a year, you're going to get some, and you've heard them they're like, why? There's a, he said, you're going to get that side of it too. So I'm wondering where the NFL goes with their okay, what, what do we, and they love their shield, dude, and they want to protect it for sponsorship dollars and everything else. It's going to be interesting to see. I think we'd all like to put it behind us, but We're not the ones who are involved in it. Those women and Deshaun Watson's camp both deserve to be heard. We'll see what the NFL does. And the
0: the one thing I don't want to hear that I've seen a few of the big time NFL insiders kind of throw out there is, oh, he gets six games or eight games or 10 games. Well, it's really like he's getting a year in 10 games because he didn't play last season. No, no, no. Let's remember this guy demanded a trade from the Texans and told them he would never play for them again. Yeah, that's he wasn't playing he even if he, last year. He
1: wasn't. That was his choice at first. Yes, that was no his choice because of his choice. He's the one who told him he wasn't playing. And saying, right. "I'm telling you now, I have keep. I talked to people close to this situation that even if they said we'd like you to play, he wasn't going to play. No, he wasn't going to play. He. That's why I said at every step of the way, he has got his money. He got out. He's won at least." Nobody wins in this because of the, the, the right. emotional stuff, right? The physical stuff. But for his career, PR, not very good. But for his career and the money and the rest of it, every step of the way, he what he got asked paid for, last season, didn't he? Yes, he yep. sure did. He sure did. So you can't even, last year has nothing to do with the suspension this year. At least it shouldn't. But it, exactly. we'll see, dude. We got We're going to have so much fun talking about college and yep. NFL. Enjoy your vacation too, brother. We got much to talk about next time. And they're going to get more than just one a week here. We are going to be rolling when you get back from your trip.
0: Yeah. I want to know who you think the good teams are in the NFL and and, you know who's ready to take that next step. We'll definitely hit that next next week. Yeah, and which team's gonna be which team.
1: Okay, perfect. And which team's gonna be that hanging around that quantum leap team, right? Right. The AFC and NFC. And which one of these sophomore quarterbacks? takes that's exactly asleep I, I had i know that you're hoping you on my phone i know you're hoping uh, your guy yeah. in chicago does as well my man yes hey always awesome so. to be with you this is gonna be one hell of a run for us man i can't wait
0: yes yeah i can't wait so it's been the sean salisbury show you catch us multiple times a week all right keep an eye out right here on the believe network gotta make sure we get Love, that name in there the believe, believe network do,
1: bel- do believe best. we're coming at you from yes. every every way we can believe Network, the best